What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive? That didn't involve money or hustle culture and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Brain. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan Brain here. Welcome to Anything But Beige and welcome to August. <sighs> Summer is dwindling down and wow, time flies so fast now, doesn't it? It's crazy. So this month is all about money and I wanted to do a month about money because I think that it is something that terrifies a lot of people that some of us struggle with and that don't, it doesn't need to be this terrible, frightening thing. You know, like what I've learned about money is that it's not, it's not an end all be all. It's a tool. And I really wanted to just do a deep dive over a couple of episodes about this. And so I brought a couple people on to talk about money and to talk about ways you can learn to like money and to love money. Now, it doesn't have to be like a Wall Street greed kind of thing. When you love money, you love the possibility that it provides or the opportunity that it provides. And so that's what this is about. So I want to tell you my own journey about <laughs> learning to love money. Um, and I, I guess it's sort of like learning to love the bomb. So I was... I had a scarcity mindset, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. And what that means is that I would say my biggest phrase internally was never enough, not enough. Me, not enough. My bank account, not enough. My sales, not enough. My whatever, not enough. And what that does by having that mindset it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of not enough for what? Not enough for business, not enough for vacation, not enough for blank, not enough to hire people, not enough to whatever, you know, like not enough and scarcity put you in a mindset of just a negative mindset, I guess, for the way, the easiest way to phrase that. And there's a difference between that and an abundance mindset. Now, I know we talked last week about manifestation, so I won't get into this really hardcore, but abundance mindset is different than a scarcity mindset. And it's helpful when it comes to money because it's not about uh, like making it rain when it comes to dollar bills and things like that. Like abundance mindset is instead of not enough, it's about how. So if you think about you don't have enough money to join a gym and you want to join a gym because you want to lose weight or you want to build muscle or you want to remove pain from your body or, you know, like you want the, the mental health boost that comes with it, whatever your reason is, you want to join a gym, but you feel like you don't have enough money. 
That's a scarcity mindset. So the way you would flip that into an abundance mindset is I want to join a gym. How can I manifest the money to make that happen? So instead of coming at it from a negative onset right off the bat, it's a curiosity mindset. Does that make sense? It's about this thing intrigues me. I would like to have this. How can I go about having that? How can I go about doing that? And that's what abundance is. It's not about, like I said, making it rain or whatever stigma, stereotype, you know, woo-woo thing that you're thinking of. It's about curiosity of making things happen. And when it comes to money, look, I've been $30,000 in debt before. It's been scary and embarrassing, uh, stressful, all of these things. So I understand the fear of not enough and the thought of the, yeah, that would be nice to be abundant, but I have $30,000 I have to pay off. Like, let's get real here. So I understand is what I'm trying to say, but it's been paid off. And actually one of my guests this month is going to talk about how she also paid off $30,000 in debt. And the reason that I changed my mindset from, okay, yeah, but I, I don't have money is that I knew one, that debt was from previous mistakes. Two, I had grown past those mistakes. Three, I knew I wanted my life to be better. And my life would not be better if I kept coming at it from a way of fear and caution. And I don't mean caution like I was going to just be have reckless abandon. Like more that I was going to be curious about ways that I could better my situation. So what did I do? I started looking into different avenues of making money. I invested in a coach to help me because she was successful and I needed to learn the way to be successful. It cost me more money. Yes, but it paid off in spades. And if I had stuck with this fear of spending money and this worry and the stress, I wouldn't, I don't know where I'd be right now. I I know I wouldn't be talking to you because I'd be, I don't know, like working in the coal mines or something to try and make that happen. But I, and it would just be, I'd be so stubborn. I'd be so stubborn. I'm like, no, I'm not going to spend money. I can't. What I did instead was, this is a person who can show me the way to do it. And vetted her. I vetted her first. So I don't want it to be like, I don't want you to go to a real estate guru or something and drop a load of money on their stupid scams. Uh, Like, I want you to do the research and to be curious and to invest in things that move you forward. So... I don't want you to be afraid to spend money if it's going to pay off in dividends. Do you know what I mean? That's what the tool of money is about. 
yes, there are cold, hard realizations of your lifestyle that you have to accommodate and sometimes atone for, but there are ways to overcome it and you can't think about money in a finite sense. There are so many ways to make money. Look around wherever you are right now. There are probably three things that could be sold right in your general area that would make you money. You could start a new business. You could sell an ebook. All that cost you was time. You could, you know, like there are, you could do medical experiments. I don't know. Like you can just, there, there's no lack of money. Yes, there is a lot of inequality happening, but that doesn't mean that you can't build your own path and boost yourself up. Now, do I mean like buy your bootstraps or something? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not letting yourself fall into the trap of fear, fear of spending money, fear of losing money. Like you, it, as someone who has been that far in debt, I can tell you it's all work outable. You can do it. I promise you. So let's talk about three ways that you can learn to love money. One, you can stop being afraid of a finite amount. Like I said, there's an infinite amount of money out there. There's not even enough paper money to account for the money in bank accounts all across the world. Like there's, it just keeps growing and look at Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin was a dollar, a a coin. And now it's like, it's not putting one physical coin down and then a stack of whatever the rate is right now of dollar bills is right next to it. No, it's all a concept and it's all attainable. Do you know what I mean? Like it, there's no one that holds the keys to this. It's all in our reach. And again, I don't want you to think that I'm being flippant about very real situations with paycheck to paycheck with things like that. Like that is a very scary, real thing that happens. And I don't discount that. What I'm saying is that you can't look at, I only have X because I only have X means you only have X. Instead, if you said, I can create Y by A, B, C, D, E, then it's not about, I only have X. It's about, I have opportunity and opportunity is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Does that make sense? Number two, align yourself with better goals. And I think that the cliche of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses is also a scarcity mindset because it's about being afraid that you are less than someone else. And in my opinion, that's not how you should utilize money. Money isn't about catching up to someone. 
Money is about transforming opportunity and and manifesting goals. So instead of looking at money as a way to uh, have fancy things or, you know, designer clothes or things like that, like if that's what you want, that's fine. But they should be the goal because of abundance, not because of someone else has it. So I need it. Does that make sense? When people are buying things that are bigger, that are better, and make you feel a certain way about yourself, then that's not about your money. That's about your inner mindset. So what I would recommend is to realign your thinking about what you want money to do for you. You want money to accomplish goals and to create a life that you have designed on your own terms, not on someone else's terms. So that's one of the most important ways that you can change your relationship with money is to realize that it is a tool for your life, not for someone else's life seen through your eyes. Number three is just relearn the relationship you're supposed to have with money. Spend less than you earn. Find avenues to make money work for you through investing or through um, tax shelters, um, retirement savings, things like that. By learning how to understand money as a tool and to create a financial plan can just pay, forgive the pun, but like pay off in spades. It is so important to reestablish and if you've never done it, have an education about money. So relearn the basics or learn them for the first time. I can tell you that in my family, being smart about money was not a priority. Interest, like paying interest on credit cards, is was just a reality to them. And I didn't learn <laughs> that that was a negative thing until I met my mother-in-law I had no like I had no idea people were just paying their credit cards off. I never heard of that. That wasn't in my family and so I had to really learn how to re-educate myself and learn the fundamentals of prosperity and abundance and not throwing my money away on stupid things but instead making it work for me. There are so many avenues now that are just available to all of us. Robinhood, um, you know, all of the places that have waived their transaction fees for investing. It one thing I learned that really helped me was just taking like 5 bucks a week and putting it into the stock market and I'd I invested in things that were really stupid investments. Frankly, they were just like penny stocks that I found out about on Reddit. And my first iteration of investing was not the smartest idea. But then I started to invest in things that I supported and that were also more diversified. So I started investing in a lot of e-commerce stuff because I used it and I wanted to support it. 
And then I also invested in ETFs, which essentially are owning portions of shares of different things all across the world. So um, I invested in the Motley Fool ETF, and this is not financial advice. Please don't, please don't think that I'm trying to tell you what to invest in. Just in my experience, it was a low cost ETF, and I trusted the Motley Fool's blog for financial advice. So I was like, yeah, let me give that a shot. And that diversifying and holding not trying to be a day trader, not trying to go for fast money, but instead like utilizing this as a long-term tool and uh, using that tool to support things that were important to me has paid off and continues to pay off. You know, I think that even in this crazy economy, it using your money to support the things that are important to you is a huge boost to not only your financial capabilities, but also just making the world the way you want it to be. Do you know what I mean? So I hope that that was helpful. I know that, again, I'm not a financial advisor. This is just my own experiences from being really in debt to not to having our house paid off in cash, our cars are paid in cash. You know, I have no mortgage. I have no leases, nothing. And it's because I learned how to change my relationship with money. And I want that for you too. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Again, this month, we're going to do a deeper dive with other guests about how to make you love money. And until then, I will talk to you later. Have a great week. Hey guys, one thing before you go, at the end of every month, I'm planning to do a Q&A special answering all of your questions, either about what we just talked about or anything in between. I'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if I can. If you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question. I'll be able to answer it on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. On the next episode. That, that puts us in a positive state, positive first few steps, and that can really color our day. So even when those challenges come at work, we can reframe them a little bit more positively. What's also important is that we then look to take that forward into the evening as well. Because when it comes to self-care, sleep is the fundamental driver of performance and of health. And what our sleep does, it affects every biological process. And it's incredibly important to our emotional regulation and our hormonal regulation. So if we can, in our PM, start to find ways to build our routine to promote better sleep and start experimenting with our own sleep environment, our own biorhythms to see how we can make sleep work for us. But that PM routine, again, might include journaling your mind so you've got a clearer mind, finding things that just reduce anxiety before that time. We, as a species now, get so many inputs and so much stimulation throughout a day it's very hard to switch off 